one of the great things about doing debate is you begin to realize that for a variety of reasons, such as, you know, chance or, you know, the context, the cultural context or the economic context or social context that you find yourself in, people will think about different problems very differently. And, you know, as debaters and, and thinkers, it's a very important skill for you to learn to really begin to understand and think about the world through the perspectives of these various lenses. And it's a very good, important skill for you to be able to seriously consider all the perspectives and really understand why people are thinking in a certain way. It's a very cliched thing to say, I think, but you know, a lot of the problems that we have in the world nowadays sort of comes from an inability to think um, empathetically. Hi, I'm Rita Pang. I'm a speech and debate coach at Sea Change Education, a parent of three children and a podcaster. Welcome to Smart Parenting and Smart Learning Podcast hosted by Sea Change. Don't we all want to enable our children to reach their full potential and to find their passion and purpose? With so much new information out there, parenting can sometimes be stressful, but it doesn't have to be. On this podcast, we walk this journey together. I will be interviewing guests and educational experts who would share their insights on new parenting approaches, research, tools, and resources, so that we as parents can be equipped with both the hard data and the soft skills and knowledge to be the best parent that we want to be. With new tips and inspiration, parenting can be a fun journey here at Smart Parenting and Smart Learning Podcast. This week, we are joined by World School Debate Competition veteran and Harvard graduate, Zedrick. He shared with us how debate helped him find his voice in high school and convey his thoughts and ideas effectively. Through debating, he also learned to care about important issues around the world and to engage in academic conversations of meaningful topics. As we discuss the importance of communication, active listening, and empathy, Cedric also talked about how the skills acquired through debate are useful not just in academics, but also in everyday life and at work as he starts his career in investment banking. According to Cedric, once you have acquired the skills to think empathetically, you will see that there is light in every perspective. So, big congratulations. How was graduation? Thank you. Um, it's great to be here. Graduation was slightly underwhelming um, because it was all online, so we didn't get the sense of closure that we sort of wanted. You know, it, it's over now and uh, I'm ready for the next stage in my life. And which is, what will you be doing? I'll be working at an investment bank in Hong Kong um, and I'll be starting next week. I heard that a lot of employees are cutting down the employment and how is that for your firm? I heard they're recruiting fewer people this year, but Thankfully, it didn't affect me too much. Okay, well, that's very good news. So, we first met when you were just starting college, university, four years ago. Yes. 
I remember meeting you, and I remember, amongst many things, one of your main activities in high school was. Could you share with us what that is? It was debate, <laughs> and a lot of United Nations, but mostly debate. Yeah. What I kind was... of debate did you do? How often did you do it? Um. So, there was world schools debate. So I think it's I think it's still run by the HKSDC, and then towards the end of my time. Uh, BP debate became more interesting, uh, more popular. So I did some BP debate as well. I enjoyed BP a lot more actually because it was impromptu, and it was more about being able to structure your thoughts in a very clear manner and conveying it really quickly, more than research, which my partner and I weren't very good at. <laughs> But yeah, those are the main two. And I also did MUN. Um, okay. I was the head delegate for the MUN team in my high school. Okay. Well, interestingly, we we do do a lot of parliamentary style debate here at Sea Change, and mm -hmm. our focus is really mainly to help kids if, in short time, sometimes under pressure, to be able to organize thinking and then present them coherently, as you as you mentioned. Mm -hmm. So, what does debate experience and debating experience mean for you, and how is it relevant for school? Yeah. So debate was really meaningful for me. Uh, well, it still is meaningful to me because it was really the activity that helped me find my voice um, in high school. You know, as when I was a lot younger and at home, I sometimes wasn't. I didn't feel as confident or, or willing to express my thoughts, or didn't feel like I could engage in a lot of serious conversations in a very meaningful way. Um, I think joining debate really helped me because. You know, it, it 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 gave me the skills to convey myself better, and to really organize and think about important issues. And I think those skills are still, you know, things that skills that I, I use every day and that I turn to on a consistent basis. You know, throughout my school, my schooling life, the ability to organize my ideas and convey them, whether in spoken form during class or You know, in a written format uh, for homework, um, has been very invaluable for me in my educational experiences. And even now, as I start working, the ability for me, as someone lower down in the corporate hierarchy, to be able to convey very clearly what I'm doing or what I found out to my managers, has also been very important. Because, as you know, when you're collaborating in a very huge team setting, communication is key. And I think. The skills I developed through debating and MUN have stuck with me and are still useful for me every day. So, how often do you do that? Was that your main activity in high school? One of the main ones that you spent time on? Yeah. So it, it, it was. We had debate practices every week.、Um, there were like one or two tournaments every term. For MUN as well, there was MUN meeting every week, and so yeah, it was something that <laughs> I engaged in quite often. And you know, it's one of those things that, like, being able to speak well is a is a skill, and it's something that you need to practice quite often, because you'll you'll realize that a lot of the expressions or a lot of the structures that you you turn back to when you convey your ideas come through practice and habit, and so it's really important that you know you keep at it. Um, you know, I haven't debated in a while, to be honest. And so, if you put me on a stage to try debate something, I definitely wouldn't 
I definitely won't be as uh, as good as I was four years ago for sure. I mean, surely simple concepts like practice makes perfect. It's yeah. very relevant, and we see a lot of our students here in you know more than one year into the program coming mm -hmm. back every week. It really takes like a, we, what we do is an hour a week, but it's mm -hmm. that sustained, consistent basis of practice that makes you better over time because not one of those things you just get better immediately, right, yeah, as you mentioned. exactly. I mean... <laughs> like, you need practice now, it sounds like. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, don't remind me. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, unless you're a genius or... I mean, if you are, then that's great. But unless you're one of the very, very, very few uh, extremely talented individuals out there. For most things in life, you'll need to put the time in, right? And do your time, and you'll get better at it. Yeah. Thank you for that reminder. Uh -huh. And so, moving on to school, and you're now just coming out of Harvard and coming out of school. Mm -hmm. What are some of your favorite subjects? And did they carry through from high school to university? Did you find yourself mm -hmm. liking one thing and then liking something else? How yeah. was that, that, that academic experience for you? Yeah, so, you know, all through, all through life, uh, well, all through my academic career, I, I've been really into questions about how the world works and, like, how people behave on the aggregate. I mean, you'll know during the interview, I talked a lot about my interest in economics and geography uh, throughout high school, understanding how people interact with... Um, institutions or how people make decisions on a day-to-day -day basis or understanding how the environment shapes how people behave. I think these are the interesting questions that have always been very interesting to myself. You know, when I when I entered university, and it sort of like links to my interest in debate, you know, you, you deal with a lot of questions about what what is the best way to, you know, organize society, like what what is the best proposal to solve a certain problem, like that kind of question would was very interesting to me and still remains very interesting to me. And so when I went to university, that didn't really change. I, I continued studying economics. That, that's what really motivates me. And I, those are the questions that I find really interesting. And, and it's great to see how there's a lot of similarities between, you know, when we debate, we rotate through six different modules yeah. here at Sea Change. We do uh -huh. history, culture, sports, policy, economics, and day-to-day -day yeah. topics. So that really, in a way, in economics, I can see how it plays out because it links to everything around about our living, about society, yeah. about the human condition. Yeah, exactly. And, you know, I, I think, like, a big thing about debate is... It really teaches you certain ways to organize your arguments and convey yourself in a very good way. I think what a subject like economics does or you know, some kind of social science does is it gives you the actual content that you can work with. So like, it, it, you know, in a parliamentary debate, you can get away with, you know, okay, in principle, this is like what we should do. I think what studying a subject in social sciences or like in economics does is it gives you the facts, right? It gives you the tools to actually go like, okay, so this is the principle. Can we actually test that? Or like, what is the theory? Or like, how do we model how people will behave? And is that how they actually do it? So it, it's almost complementary in the sense that it gives you the substance that you can work with. Once you have that sort of like principled or fundamental thinking that underpins it. Yeah, so yeah. you start with the framework, and yeah. hopefully over time you build in those knowledge blocks yeah, to exactly. plug in, explain things better, give better examples. Exactly. 
Yeah. Yes,、um, that totally makes sense. So now that you are in, do, in your summer holidays,、uh-huh. uh, do you do you read?、Uh, what do you, what any any favorite books or any favorite activity? You know, one of my favorite activities is, is sport.、Um, I've gone hiking and playing soccer with my friends. I'm reading a few books as well. I'm reading this book called The Innovator's Dilemma. It's it's quite an interesting question about how innovation works and you know how companies think about、um, making investment decisions. I I don't know if this is something that maybe a high schooler would be interesting as such, but if you're interested in business, it's definitely worth the read. I've also been reading some fiction.、Uh, I just finished a book called All the Light We Cannot See. It's a Pulitzer Prize winner, and it's it's really a, a, a quite a philosophical book about how environments shape people and you know how you you know how the human condition interacts with the environment in which you put people in.、Um, it, it's quite a cute little book if if you're looking for something to read this summer. Well, the title certainly reminds me of、uh, one of the core beliefs we have in in a debate program.、Mm-hmm. You know, when you say the light that we don't see, it reminds me of when you know, when we debate, we are in a way forcing ourselves to try to listen to the other side, and oftentimes to find ourselves in a place where we we're we're encountering ideas and perspectives that we haven't seen ourselves or we haven't thought through ourselves. We haven't embraced so genuinely as the other side might have to, and and it. So I think one thing that always is a, it's, it's a very invaluable skill we we want to develop in 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 the students. It's the ability to practice very active listening,、mm-hmm. to a degree that you are, you can be so embracing,、mm-hmm. and so empathetic that you're really stepping in another. Sh- Shoes、mm-hmm. uh, before you can e- even try to find a way to continue the conversation to move things forward.、Mm-hmm. So,、um, as debaters, I think Cedric, you would know well. But as onlookers, it might not be always as apparent、mm-hmm. that the listening and the practice of active listening is, is as important、mm-hmm. as speaking itself. Yeah, for sure. That's a very good comparison that you made.、Um, and yeah, I think. One of the great things about doing debate is you begin to realize that for a variety of reasons, such as you know chance or you know the context, the cultural context or the economic context or social context that you find yourself in, people will think about different problems very differently. And you know, as debaters and and thinkers, it's a very important skill for you to learn to. Really begin to understand and think about the world through the perspectives of these various lenses, right? And as you say, there there is light,、um, you know, provided the other person is well intentioned. There probably is light in every sort of perspective, even if you don't necessarily agree with it. And it's a very good, important skill for you to be able to seriously consider all the perspectives and really understand why people are thinking in a certain way. It's a very cliched thing to say, I think, but you know, a lot of the problems that we have in the world nowadays sort of comes from an, an inability to think um, empathetically. Um, it's all about confirming what you believe in and making people angry, rather than really sitting down and being like, 
you know, why does that person think in a certain way? And is there anything that there is in common between what I think and what someone else thinks? And so that's certainly an important part of debate that that makes it better as a as a human being, I think. You know, just irrespective of whether it helps you in academics or in, in a future career, I think that skill is a very, very important one for just human, for and, the human condition. And yeah. I think that's where, you know, we've, we've strike a very common chord, which is mm -hmm. debate is so much more about building common understanding and finding those commonalities. But before you do that, you have to understand the differences yeah. before you can then move on. Exactly. Um, which is why... You know, I, I really enjoyed debating um, back in in high school when I was younger because, like, I really liked the competitive aspect of it. But looking back, you know, doing something like a speech tournament or like MUN, where the impetus is to come to a consensus among a lot of people um, representing different interests, um, is also almost just as valuable because it really helps you model after the real world, right? In which, you know, there's not going to be someone out there who's going to be like, oh, Cedric, you're completely right. Here's a trophy, you know? <laughs> like, the real world is more complex where people will probably disagree with you and won't re really, like, sometimes won't be completely convinced. And if that is what the real world is like, it's also quite helpful to engage in activities where you know, you might have to compromise. You might have to come to a middle ground. You might have to actually try to really seriously engage with what the other person is thinking to try to come to a solution that, you know, maybe both sides are kind of happy with, you know? And so, yeah, it, it's very important to remember that speaking is not just to, to win or to, like, convince someone, right? Speaking is an integral part of thinking. And thinking requires you to be, well, rigorous thinking requires you to, really consider what all these different people are considering. That's great. And I think mm -hmm. you mentioned about a class at Harvard and some of the works that actually relate to that point. Yeah. Um, so I took a class on classical rhetoric um, in my final semester. And one of the themes that the professor kept going back to, and I, I think it's, it's from Aristotle's rhetoric, which is that it's about the responsibility of uh, a, a rhetorician or a speaker. It's not simply to, like, you don't study the skills of debate and speaking simply to go out there and use recklessly, right? If, if you are going to go out there and make a speech, what you should do as a speaker, as someone who has these public speaking skills, is to really put your ideas to the test before you go out there, to make sure that, you know, to the best of your knowledge, what you're saying is actually to the benefit of the world, or, or is actually correct. Um, the worst thing you can do is, or the most cynical thing you can do is to go out there and knowingly promulgate ideas that you know not to be true, right? Or you're only saying things to make people do certain things that are only beneficial to you. And, you know, in that sense, debate isn't only, uh, debate transcends, you know, thinking for yourself, right? It's also thinking about what is, for the good of society, right? And I think, you know, as debaters, it's important, I, I think I alluded to this earlier, it's important to remember that what you're doing when you're debating or the skills that you're developing when you're debating 
shouldn't simply be for you know winning a debate. It might seem a little abstract to you now, but you should think about what like how you can use the skill for good, right? And what your responsibilities are once you have developed a skill. Um, you know, in, in the current world, especially recently in politics and on the internet, you have a lot of fake news going around, right? Um, people spreading information for very cynical purposes. Is that what you want to do with your skills of public speaking? That's for you to decide. <laughs> but, you know, I think people should, I mean, you should take some time reflecting on what your responsibilities are as well. Yeah. It's really interesting to see how some of these classics of teachers' values have wisdom that are timeless. Mm -hmm. And coincidentally, we have a series of classes built around the Socratic method, how Socrates uses text and his approach of seeking truth through, through several iterative processes of questioning, mm -hmm. like you say, rigorous, rigor rigorously testing ideas. Mm -hmm. And... You know, you also brought up an interesting question about ethics. What is the duty of us as we go face and, and speak, whether to the public or to, to share information publicly mm -hmm. um, in a very large scale through social media now that, where that's made possible? Mm -hmm. So I think this really could be an, a, new, a topic for all of us to grapple with, mm -hmm. both on the personal level and also on an and. Interesting, one of the questions that we debated recently in class, in fact, is whether or not classics should be mandatory, a mandatory lesson yeah. subject in school. Uh -huh. And I could see which camp you would stand on on that front. <laughs> yeah, um, I think uh, I would definitely tend more towards the classics now. I know it's kind of strange to convince a younger person um, that reading this very arcane home from a few thousand years ago will be useful. But I think what at least the Greek philosophers were doing was they were trying to uncover or examine some fundamental aspects of the human condition. And as a result, what, you know, humans haven't changed much in the last 2,000 years, you know, like in terms of like biology and like how our brains work and everything. And so I think, you know, even though a lot of the stuff that they talk about is quite ancient, a lot of the principles are certainly still very applicable to our lives in the current day. Well, thank you so much, Cedric. And before we move on to closing, can you remind me about, you know, the book you mentioned, The Light That We Don't See, uh -huh. We Cannot See, right? Yeah. What, what, do you think that's right for what age group can do um, that? I think teenagers. So high schoolers can probably read it. I've definitely seen it. I, I definitely saw it in my high school library. Um, so I, I think it's it's pretty. It should be pretty accessible to all ages. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Great. So we do have some people in the audience who are getting ready, prepped, prepping up for the debate competition here uh -huh. at Sea Change, and which is also approved by the APDA. The, uh, American Parliamentary Debate Association. Mm -hmm. So as a former debater, uh, you've been there, you uh -huh. know, people getting nervous. Do you have any words of encouragement for them? Yeah, I, I would say don't worry too much. And I think the best thing you can do and the best advice I've ever gotten is if you want something real, a lot, um, do your homework, be prepared for it, put in the time, 
to practice and to, you know, if you're, if you're preparing for a debate, you know, maybe do some practice speeches in your spare time or do some more reading in your spare time. So when it's really showtime, you know, when it's really time for you to perform, you'll be able to reach your full potential and do the best that you can. Well, Cedric, actually what you said seems to resonate very well with some of our top speakers from last competition. <laughs> uh -huh. um, as I learned from um, those who are in the top spots, they, they actually do arrange practice times with each other. In fact, some of them started subscribing to multiple newspapers just to, get, to be prepared. So I guess exactly. with that, we'll just uh -huh. encourage everybody to yeah. <laughs> yeah. be prepared. Be prepared, yeah. yeah. Um, put, in, put in the work and yeah, you'll be rewarded. I, I think you'll be very happy with what you find. <laughs> thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for your sharing again, Zedrick. I still remember meeting you five years ago when you graduated from Shatin College here in Hong Kong and right before you were about to start at Harvard University. Meeting with you each time is refreshing. In person, you'll be warmed by his presence, by his humbleness and how Zedrick is always at ease with being himself and ready to take risks to explore and to pursue what he's interested in. Here are my takeaways. Debate gives us meaningful skills. It can enable us not just in academics, but also in life and eventually in being a better person. Debate helps us to develop the ability to think empathetically. And with that, we will always find light in every perspective. If you enjoy this episode at Smart Parenting and Smart Learning channel, please subscribe and share with friends. If you have any topics and questions that parents are particularly interested in, please send me questions and comments and I'll be happy to address them. You can email me at ritapang at seachangeeducation.com. To receive tips from our monthly newsletter, or if you want your child to get coaching in 21st century skills and communications, you can visit our website at www.cchange-edu.com or visit our social media at Instagram or Facebook below. Hope to see you again.